Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries Podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. We were singing just a moment ago, I was thinking of Psalms 149, and the Bible says that, that when you praise and you magnify the Lord, that it literally captures what has tried to capture you. If you read it in Hebrew there in the original, it says that it, it's like it puts chains around that which has been trying to hinder or capture you. That's it, and it says that's your privilege. That's the privilege we have as Christians. Isn't that exciting? Glory to God. How many of you believe that your praise is powerful? Your praise is powerful. Listen how it says it. Praise Him with the timbrel and with dance. Praise Him with string instruments. Uh, and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Uh, this is Psalms 150. I'm sorry, I'm reading 149. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand. So when you're praising God, there's an anointing there of power and authority. Amen? And it says to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. One scripture says, and that which has massed together against you, it binds them up just like with chains. When you begin to magnify the Lord with high praises, you're, you're giving God the glory. Uh, I don't care what spiritual our natural force is coming against you. The Bible says you're getting the victory over it as long as you magnify the Lord. You continue to praise the Lord. It says, they're nobles with fetters of chains to execute upon them the judgment that is written. Well, God doesn't tell you and me to attack people, but there are spiritual forces that will try to hinder the plan of God against your life. And that's the judgment that is written that you and I are supposed to execute. We're supposed to do that instead of just waiting for God to do it. The Bible says as we magnify His name, not only are we being built up and edified ourselves, so it's not just a key, uh, but it's also a weapon. How many of you are glad the weapons of our warfare are not carnal? They're mighty through God, and it's one of the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And what you learn uh, as you begin to serve the Lord and you begin to see what takes place, the keys to the kingdom of heaven that Jesus talked about and the weapons of our warfare that the apostle Paul talked about are both the same thing. It just depends on how you're using them. Sometimes it's a key to release the goodness of God in your life. And sometimes it is a weapon against the enemy and against the force of darkness that's trying to come against you. Come on, we ought to clap our hands to God right there and get it in our spirit real strong. So as we praise and we lift our hands and we magnify the Lord, the scripture says that the lifting of our hands is as the evening sacrifice. The only sacrifice like that, the Bible says from the old covenant that was brought into the new covenant is the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. As we magnify the Lord, not only are we giving God the glory, but just remember it's an attack against your enemy that's trying to attack you. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. It's, it's always good to praise and to magnify the Lord. Come on, stand back up on your feet again uh, this afternoon. Before we get right into the Word, let me just encourage you this coming Sunday again. I need some people that will be in prayer this week 
with me. How many of you were not able to be in the morning service today? Wave your hand, but thank God you're here this evening. Amen. Thank you for being faithful in the house of God on Sunday night. Now, uh, whether you were here in the morning service or you're here this evening, we have been believing God that there is an anointing for signs and wonders and miracles. Have you ever heard people say things like, well, I remember how it used to be in the old days. You ever heard anybody say that? How many of you are glad we don't live in the old days? Oh, I'm so glad we have air conditioning. I'm so happy we have right guard. Hallelujah. I'm so glad we have Listerine today. Come on, shout hallelujah. We don't live in the old days. And the old days weren't all of that. I'm going to be real honest with you. But the glory of the Lord is the same today. You're in your best time. But every generation that you're a part of has the right to have the move of God and to see and experience the power of God in our, in our lives. And I believe that that's part of the prayer, part of the answer to the prayers that we've been praying and believing God here at Abundant Life. Uh, this weekend and Monday and Tuesday night, I'm going to ask you to not just come to the house of God on Sunday morning. That's going to be powerful, of course. But I'm going to ask you to come Sunday night, Monday night and Tuesday night. And I'm going to ask you to bring someone with you this coming week. It starts on Sunday the 13th. It's going to be a powerful time. I can just sense it in my spirit. Does anybody else feel what I feel in right now? It's going to be a powerful time in God. And I encourage you to bring someone with you. Uh, can you think of five people right now? Can you think of five people that you come in contact with who do not necessarily come to church at Abundant Life? Can you just, just right now, here we go for the next five seconds. Here we go. Think of five people. Just think about them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. That's a big family there. 13. Time's up. Why not make a decision that you're going to contact those people or others and encourage them to come with you to the house of God? I believe it's going to be a powerful, powerful time. Praise the Lord. Do you agree? God is good. And then this coming Saturday, I'm just going to say this again before we get right into the word. Uh, this coming Saturday, they talked about it this morning quite a lot. Where is, is Gardy still in here? Gardy, are you in here right now? We can still talk about it. Uh, it's called, I think it's called what? Taco Cook-Off or something. What is it? Talk of Taco. Taco Talk. Come on, somebody help me. What's it called? Come on. Come over here. Uh, you know, Gardy, he, he's a very, very intelligent man. He married my daughter. And they have a new little baby boy on the way. Woohoo! Just thought I'd say that. It's true. Would you like to talk about tacos? Yeah, this Saturday, starting at 9 a.m., you are invited. I need you to be there. We want you to be there. It's for a great cause. You can go to talkoftaco.com if you want to sign up to cook. Now, you don't have to sign up to attend. It's free to attend. So there's going to be bounce houses for the kids, bounce houses uh, for the adults. I'm going to be in there as well. So it's like inflatable games, a lot of fun stuff. There's going to be vendors and food that isn't tacos at all. So there's going to be uh, something for everybody to do. So you can go. You can ask me or go to tacoftaco.com to sign up and learn more. Yeah, and I'll tell who we're uh, partnering with. So we're, uh, we're partnering on this event with the United Way, the Galveston County Mainland. Um, that's Chris D'Alessandri. They have the office there in Texas City. They do a lot. There's 29 partnering agencies that they help out that would not be able to 
um, to, to be in existence if it wasn't for them. And I see Miss Jude right there, you know, where she works. That's one of the partnering agencies. That's Independence Village, right? Independence Village, the Boys and Girls Club, the Galveston County Food Bank. Um, there's, there's something for, for everybody. And I know a lot of times people need help. And here at the church, we're set up to help a ton of people. But there's some things that we just aren't set up for, like battered shelters for, for unwed mothers and, and people who just need... But we help support those things. We do. We do as well. And um, so this is an opportunity for us to continue to give back like we have for about 35 years. Yeah. Amen. And now tell about, now there's a prize, I understand, for the tacos. Yes, sir. This there's like about... a golden taco or something. Yeah, we have trophies. And then we also have about $1,000. Can anybody manage to win, you know, a thousand bucks? I want to win it myself, but... Um, yeah, thousand dollars in prizes and in cash. Thousand dollars in cash is going to be given out, and then uh, some trophies, some cool cutting board trophies, and then also another like a taco trophy as well. So they have to register to to win the cash. They have to register. Yeah, it's it's a hundred dollars to enter, and once you do that, you you can. Then you're in the cook-off. Yes, sir. Then you're in the cook-off, and there's four categories: beef, chicken, seafood, and then open. Use your imagination. Maybe I I mean there's like. All kinds of stuff you can do with tacos. If I was entering, I would do like taco soup or something random. Can we do in like the open. possum tacos? Okay, there is a. Uh, have just, you been listening to some of my conversations? There's a I'm guy, just, no joke, Wild Bills. He's over there in the Gulfway Plaza. Really? Yeah, he's talking about doing. I, I don't know. He said you got to taste it. You wouldn't even know. I, was, I maybe so. I tried. If it's good, it's good. Yeah, maybe they have like turtle tacos or something. I'm not, what do y'all think? Huh? Get creative. I don't know. I mean, turtles have a shell too, right? Yeah. <laughs> taco shell, turtle shell. That's true. So we could call it the tortoise taco. <laughs> oh, I, this is really catching on right now. I can feel it right now. It's really catching on. So um, praise the Lord. That's this Saturday. What, what's the time again? Nine o'clock. If you are a vendor or you're setting up to cook, then it's eight o'clock. But um, here's the, the rule when it comes to cooking, because we've never done anything like this before. You just have to be able to put the taco together there. So if there's something that you needed to marinate overnight or you're smoking a brisket the night before, you can do that, but you have to put the taco together there. And that's, I think, first turn-ins like at 11, 11 a.m. So you can kind of, you know, make sure that your tent's set up. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're invited. Come out and uh, support the cause. And that's, uh, that's sponsored by KTA Radio. Yes, sir. Just tell a little about KTA okay. Radio. Okay, KTA Radio is 99.5 FM here in Galveston County. We also have a KTA Radio app. So if you go to your, your app store, Google Play store, just search KTA, it'll pop up. Make sure you download it. You can also go to KTARadio.com and stream it from anywhere. And I know, Pastor, you've listened from all over the world. All over the world. Yeah, on the website there. And uh, we, we talk about um, all kinds of stuff. There's anything going on in the community that's positive. We also we talk and, and play Christian music, and we talk to some Christian artists and anybody that's doing something, you know, in the name of Jesus or doing something positive, we want to learn about it. So even if you, if you have something going on or you have, you're a local business and you want to come talk to me about how we can work together, let me know and, and I'll, I'll see what we can do. So every morning from 9 to 11. Yes, sir. Kickstart. Yes, sir. 9 to 11 a.m. every weekday, you'll see me on either Facebook Live or on 99.5 FM or on the app. I sit and talk there for hours, and I've learned a lot. I will say that. And I've met a lot of people. It's been a blast. And make sure you tune in tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. If you haven't liked HEA Radio on Facebook, you can do that. You can do so it now. the businesses all over the area, plus the hospitals and other uh, uh, things, of course, but especially uh, businesses. If you own a business and you'd like to be on the radio, uh, if you'll see uh, Guardy, they can get you scheduled in there because they have several businesses per day. 
every day that are on the uh, radio on that Kickstart program uh, during that 9 to 11 window. It's a very powerful time. And uh, to, uh, they'll, they'll do that, and there'll be 10,000 people that are following and listening sometime just on the Facebook. Uh, it's amazing, and then they let it run in a loop for a few days. And uh, so it's online, it's on Facebook, and of course it's over the air, uh, 99.5 FM. I hope everybody has that set in your car. And wherever you listen to the radio, make sure you have 99.5 FM. Or you can also go to khearadio.com. KHEARadio.com is online. Maybe you have a business and you play music in your business or you can put on, uh, you know, uh, on call or you could definitely put on hold uh, on your radio station. And just listen to that Christian music all day long. That's a powerful thing to do. So praise the Lord. It's another way to just get the gospel and get the word into your business, into your home, on your job or wherever you're listening to the radio, uh, whether it's online or over the air. Uh, it does work. Amen? Amen? All right. Give Brother Gardy a big we love you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Let's make a bold confession. You ready, church? On the count of three, we're just going to say this together. Let's say it right from our heart. Let's believe God that we have what we say. One, two, three. Tonight, I shall receive the very best that God has for me. This Bible is God speaking to me. This Bible is God speaking to you. This Bible is God speaking to us. I love the Word of God. I receive the Word of God. I hear the Word of God. I do the Word of God. I thank God for 3,000 members in every service at Abundant Life. Amen. Tell someone you love them before you see it. And our friends that are watching, uh, you're in a live service at Abundant Life Christian Center which is a powerful church in Galveston County, Texas. We're right between Houston and Galveston. I'm not sure where you're viewing from. You might be in jail tonight and you're watching. That happens quite often. Uh, people view uh, from everywhere they can. Some people stream it on their telephones. Other people are watching on their computer screens and on their TVs. But we're glad you're with us tonight. This is a live service at Abundant Life Christian Center. And I trust... Uh, if you're ever in the Gulf Coast area, you will come and join us and be in a service where we magnify the Lord Jesus, give Him the glory, and we find out ways to live the victorious life in Christ right from the Bible. So God bless you. We're glad you're with us this evening. Uh, go to the book of John chapter 1. I'll pick up this, morning, uh, this evening where I left off this morning. Uh, John chapter 1. One of the great uh, privileges that I have as a pastor is to teach and minister things, preach, teach, and minister things that uh, from the Word of God, truths from God's Word that cause people to be successful in life. Uh, the Bible says we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So if He says we're more than a conqueror, we either are or we're not, depending upon how we embrace that. We are because He said we are, but are we living that overcoming life? So if we stick with the word and we're doers of the word and not hearers only, uh, you can be sure that you begin to activate spiritual forces that God has for you. Uh, the Bible says even angels respond to the sound of God's voice, the sound of his word, one translation says. So when you speak the word of God, when you act on the Word of God, when you're a doer of the Word of God, not just a hearer only, one of the things that happens is you are releasing, you are loosing, ministering spirits, the Bible says, to minister for the heirs of salvation, which if Jesus is your Lord, you just happen to be an heir of salvation. 
Praise the Lord. So there's a man in the Bible right here in the book of John chapter 1. His name is John the Baptist. John the Baptist, of course, is a guy that we like to talk about. He was a cousin of Jesus. And there came a point in his life when he goes and he starts living in the wilderness, seeking the will of God, wanting to find the will of God. At some point, he's out in that wilderness and he starts coming back in and he's ministering loud and he's ministering strong as he begins to come back into a civilization. He's out there uh, living in a very unique life. The Bible says he was, he was wearing like a camel skin clothes and uh, while he's out there, he was eating locusts and wild honey. And I've heard people try to explain locusts and wild honey and try to make it sound like he you know, had some kind of uh, vegetarian diet and everything. But it sounds to me like he was eating locusts and wild honey. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, and so I guess he got his protein from the locusts and the honey. I'm not sure. But regardless, he did. And so he comes back in. And he's preaching powerfully, uh, and he's declaring that the Messiah, uh, the prophesied one, is going to show up. And so he says, let me read in verse 19 again, and we'll go from there right into the word. And this is the record of John, speaking of John the Baptist. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Who are you? And he confessed and denied not, but he confessed, I am not the Christ. And so they asked him, what then? Are you Isaiah, Elias, Isaiah? And he said, I am not. He, uh, art thou that prophet? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that have sent us to find out. Watch this. What sayest thou of thyself? Say that out loud with me. What sayest thou of thyself? Woo, my goodness. That's a message in itself. And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Elias. He said, I'm not Isaiah, but I've been preaching out of Isaiah. They asked him, are you Isaiah? Uh, returned. Are you one of the prophets that's returned? He said, no. He said, but I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. And he, and he began to speak. If you were in the morning uh, service, you'll have to get that. He began to speak out of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1, 2, and 3. And then he quotes right here, uh, God canonized for you and me a portion of something that John the Baptist was preaching. And he said, I am a forerunner. I'm a voice. How many of you are glad you have a voice tonight? Hallelujah. You have a voice. He said, I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight, make a way, the straight, the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Elias. If we continue to read that in Isaiah, he said, make straight the way of the Lord. And then he said, make highways in the desert. And we begin to talk uh, this morning for just a minute about God is not just building a little old cow trail. He's not building a little old pig trail right here. He's building highways, the Bible says, in areas that used to be desolate. People have desolate areas of their life. But when you start using your voice according to the word of God and you begin to speak and recognize uh, who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you and you begin to speak, you suddenly realize that you have the spirit of a builder in you and on you. 
He is the original carpenter of the universe. Can I have a big hallelujah? His name is Jesus. And here the Bible says, uh, he said, create a highway in uh, something wide and strong and bold, even in those desert areas. Everybody goes through desert times in their life. Uh, when I think of highways, uh, uh, used to we'd drive up to Dallas or we'd go down to San Antonio or we'd go over to Austin. And it seemed like you could just drive forever. You know, you'd drive for hours and you might find a little truck stop somewhere and you might find a place you know, that you could pull over and, and go in and get you a, a thing of crackers and, and uh, something like that. And then you have to hop back in your car and just keep on going. But someone came up with the idea of taking all of that unused land and building a Bucky's on it. And now I just go to Bucky's on the way to San Antonio. Really, I'm just going to Bucky's and I end up in San Antonio. Somebody changed that whole situation with just one idea. Can I just say that our God wants us to build a highway? It's called the highway of the Lord. When I think of the highway of the Lord, I start thinking of where Jesus went, where he goes today. But you think of where Jesus went. Bartimaeus was on the side of the road. And here comes the original 18-wheeler. Come on, guys. Here comes Jesus. He's coming with healing. He's coming with, with resurrection power. He's coming with all of the glory and the grace and the goodness that heaven possesses. It's all in Jesus. The Bible says our voice begins to cry out and it begins to build that highway of the Lord. That's why it's so important for you to be in the word of God in your own life. To speak the word of God to yourself. Speak it in your house. Speak it on your job. Speak it over your job. Uh, speak it, uh, have some friends. I like to say, get you one of those, couple of those good praise phrases. Instead of a curse phrase, why don't you get a praise phrase? Like if you hit your thumb with a, a hammer, uh, don't, don't curse. Just say, oh, glory to God. Woo, glory to God. I only hit one of them. I didn't hit the other nine. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Who knows what I'm talking about? No, the scripture says there's a voice that cries into the wilderness. And it says, there is where that highway of the Lord is. Now look, it's important. They asked John this question. They said, John, what sayest thou of yourself? He, they just literally asked him, what do you say about yourself? Or who do you say you are? One translation says. Because they're asking him, are you Eli uh, Isaiah, Elias, or are you one of the prophets? Or, uh, who are you anyway? Who do you say you are? Can I just ask you that question tonight? Who do you say you are? What do you say of yourself? Well, when, when John the Baptist answered that, uh, he just went right into the Word of God. He had found himself in the Word. And he began to say over himself, what the word of God says about him. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Look, I don't know what your adversary, the devil has ever tried to tell you or what some friend tried to tell you or even what your latest ambition was that you want to be in life. 
And all of those things may have some positives to them. But can I ask you, what does the word of God say you are? Who does God say you are? Uh, he could have answered a lot of different ways. I guess he could have answered kind of the way that people do today. And they kind of give this little bit of false piety and, and, and maybe they're just trying to be nice and, and, and not really say a whole lot about themselves and all of that. Almost kind of dodgy. Or maybe they could be the kind that just always talk about how bad it is. I mean, he, I guess he could have said, well, I, you know, we ran out of food. I just been eating locusts and wild honey. That was all. I nearly starved to death out there. Had to come back into civilization. All my clothes wore out. They got tore. I got attacked by bears and tigers and lions. The worms got a hold of them and, and ate up my clothes. I got these old ugly looking camel clothes on. I mean, he could have started saying anything in the world. He could have suddenly started pandering uh, some way in that situation because here these uh, Pharisees, Levite teachers of the law and others are, maybe he could have just uh, kind of gotten intimidated and shut up. Uh, maybe he could have just said, well, actually, I'm Zachariah's boy and I'm Elizabeth's kid. Uh, that's who I am. And, uh, uh, you, you know, my parents were, uh, grew up there in the temple over there. Maybe he could have just fallen back under something like that. But instead, he knew who he was according to the word of God. And he said, I found myself in the word right over there in Isaiah's letter. And I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make that highway of the Lord, just speak it out, let that voice, come on, somebody shout voice. There's something about your life that changes when you begin to adopt in your own language what God has said about you. Look, it's, words are very, very spiritual. Words are spiritual. Words are spiritual. You are the only thing that God created that talks like him and that has intellectual conversation. A dog cannot plan six months from now that they're going to go on vacation. A monkey cannot plan six months from now that they're going to celebrate a birthday. Hallelujah. Nor can anything else. A bird cannot do that. They literally are, are timed and geared on the inside of them. By nature, God has done it that way. They have certain instincts that are inside of them. Those can be trained and shaped and used, but they are extremely limited and they are for a purpose. They are for man and they are for the earth, the Bible says. But you're different. You were made in the image and the likeness of God. God spoke and everything around you began to come into existence, the Bible says. And then he took a man and made him in his own image and his own likeness, made him to talk like him, gave him his own dominion and authority. Uh, the scripture says in the book of Genesis chapter one, how many of you like the Bible? Come on, shout hallelujah. Listen, there's Genesis 1 26. They may throw it up on the screen. If you have it up there, Kirk, put it for me. Genesis one says it like this. And God said, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. I say that every time I go fishing. Over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. I say that every time I go bird hunting. Dove and quail. I say I have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air. 
have dominion over the cattle. Every time I go uh, to salt grass, I say that. Over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. How many of you glad God gave you dominion over the creeps? You know, there's a lot of creeps on this planet. And the scripture says right here that God has given you dominion. Now, Jesus said it like this, and I know there's people that want to strain at some things uh, that are in the word of God and try to pick some things apart and act like they're tripping God up or something. But the Bible says, let us make man in our image, our own likeness. And then John 1 says there was nothing made that Jesus himself did not make. So that means that the Father and Jesus in his pre-incarnate state were in the garden, and probably the Holy Spirit too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we were not made in, in the image and in the likeness of an angel. Nor does the Bible imply in any way that there were angels until God positioned some there to keep people out of the garden. I wish I had time to talk about that. Uh, it's very important to understand that you and I were made in the image and the likeness of God. And then God said, let that man that we make, and he said, let them. Now, he hadn't made woman yet. He's just made man at that particular time. That means that when God made Adam, he actually made Adam and Eve was in Adam some way. Man, this is good preaching for a Sunday night. Was in some way in him. Uh, And the scripture says, of course, he took uh, a component out of Uh, of Adam. He took a rib out of Adam. I think that's an interesting word because that word for rib right there is a Hebrew word for beam, B-E-A-M. And there are two kinds of beams. In Solomon's temple, the scripture talks about they had two different kinds of beams. They had one particular beam that was across this way, but they had another beam that went from the floor all the way up to the roof. There are two different kinds of beams. They're two different words. And that word for beam, that is the same word for rib that comes from that beam that goes from the floor all the way to the top. It says he took out of her, I mean, out of Adam, uh, a rib. uh, And once again, in the Hebrew, he took a beam out. And it was that connecting. If man was supposed to be the head of the family, uh, and and then uh, he took the woman And she connects from the floor all the way up to the top. She's the one that has all of that support. I'm preaching real good right now. And that's how he made uh, a man and and made a woman. Of course, then he created a woman also. Uh, And then he begins to say stuff like this. Let them have dominion. The word dominion is an interesting word. It's the word R-A-D-A-H, reda. And the word reda uh, literally means to have mastery of something to have authority over it, to subjugate, to master it, to prevail against, to rule over, to take control. Now let that get in your spirit. God said, let us make man and let's let him be the master of everything that I've made. That's what God said. Master of the earth. Let it be the master of the animals. Let him be the master over the garden. The greatest day in your life is when you rise up and when you say of yourself, that God has created me to be in control over everything God made. Uh, The earth was made for man. Man was not made to serve the earth. The earth was made to serve man. And I know there's a lot of philosophies and I know sometimes people want to get, uh, go get way out there on stuff like that. 
But uh, now listen, I've got good news for you. This earth is going to be here until Jesus comes back and judges it. It's going to be in its current state until Jesus comes back and judges it. Uh, The scripture is real plain about it, so we're not freaking out like some people are doing today, and it's on TV every night now. The earth is going to be destroyed within 12 years. There's people running for office, and every time they get up and talk just about and say anything about the environment, they say, we have 12 years left, and that's all, and, and the world is going to be destroyed. Bless their darling little hearts. They're wrong. Uh, The earth will be here until God destroys it. And when God renovates it with fire, afterwards he will set up new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to clap their hands to the Lord if they got that and understand it from the word. Obviously, we should always be good stewards of our environment and of the era that we live in. Be the best steward you can be. Sometimes you 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 just want to be clean. I mean, just, just don't live in a garbage dump. Man, I'm preaching good for a Sunday night. Just be clean. Come on, look at somebody and say, he's talking to people behind us now. Come on, say that. Yeah, be a good steward uh, of your own world. And obviously, uh, we want the, the best of those things that we can in our world. But this earth is going to be here until God says it won't be here any longer. Man will not destroy it, though man can do things to destroy one another. It's going to be here until he says it's not. And so he said, I'm giving you a charge. You are to have the mastery over everything that God created. Your adversary, the devil, from the day you were born, tried to imply some way or another, put forces into your life, voices inside of you, books uh, to read, people instructing you, circumstances and, and, and experiences that can create some form of inferiority or some inability or some lack or some lesser concept about yourself. But I've got good news. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and the greater one lives on the inside of you and what you put your hand to will succeed if you do it in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. One of the greatest things you can do is learn to master your money. Jesus said you cannot serve two masters. So master your money. Don't let it master you. You master it. Master your diet. Don't let your diet master you. You master it. Hallelujah. Master your day. I know there's things that happen in a day that you don't have control over sometime, but you do have control over how you respond. And that changes everything. Glory to God. And so the scripture says, uh, he created a man and he said, let that man have dominion. And nowhere did he ever reverse his word. It's still that way today. Uh, Adam had that in its totality. That's why Adam, when he sinned, he didn't just create a little sin. He was the guy over everything. And when he disobeyed God, that's what he lost mastery over. That position that he had. When you and I get in Christ, oh, hallelujah, we begin to grow back up into that ability to oversee, to rule, to take control over something, uh, to succeed in a way that we never could have before. Wow. Amen. 
And the moment you're like John the Baptist and you start saying about yourself, uh, what God has said about you, it's powerful. Now look, and I know people go through situations. We live in a fallen realm. There is a curse in operation in this world. But Jesus said, you can speak to the mountain. That's that situation. You can speak to the mountain and tell it to be removed. If you'll just have the faith of God. Now, faith comes from hearing the word of God. So when you take the word of God and you begin to develop that faith, you speak to that situation. And the Bible says that that which is not of God, that is trying to uh, block you, hinder you, hurt you, or whatever the case may be, but it is contrary to God's plan for your life. You speak to that and you command it to be gone. Talk to the mountain. The little woman with the issue of, heart, uh, of blood, the reason that Jesus uh, used that and gave it to us on how great faith operates is because wh of what she had done, she said in her heart, she said in her heart, when I touch Jesus, I shall be whole. She said it. 12 years, she's uh, uh, fighting a situation. It looks like uh, it, it can never get better. It's incurable in the natural. She spent all of her money. She's tried every kind of medicine and every kind of medicine man that she can possibly try. And she's just worse and getting worse. And then she heard about Jesus. Come on, how does faith come? Shout it out loud. Say it two times. It comes by hearing the word of God. Uh, Romans 10, 17. So it's important that we hear the word of God. Now, when you speak the word of God, you're the first one to hear it. So you say it and faith begins to generate inside of you. Hallelujah. If you want to activate that authority that you have in Christ, uh, how the word and the spirit of God will work in your life, and you can do what the Apostle Paul calls rule and reign in life through one, Christ Jesus, then you have to learn to speak the Word of God. As a pastor, one of the most uh, necessary things for me as a shepherd in this house is to teach men and women the Word of God. So not only do you read and, and study the Word of God yourself, but when God says it through someone who is called to say it like that to the mass, it releases another level of faith on the inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, that's why I'm careful what preachers I listen to. I don't have anything against anybody. I'm just careful which preachers I listen to. Uh, first of all, I'm not listening to all kind of contrary doctrines all the time. I went to college, got all degrees, did all of that, uh, studied all the contrary doctrines, decided Jesus is the right one. Amen. They tried every way they could to preach it out of me, but it didn't make any difference. I nearly started a revival or a riot, uh, one of the two, in one of our classes in divinity school. That was interesting. Someday I'll tell that story. But hallelujah. Thank God for the word. Amen. And so as you speak the word of God, faith begins to generate on the inside of you. Faith is that power, supernatural understanding, that revelation, that confident assurance that what God's word has said, and you have said it, you have seen that for yourself. You believe that it is yours 
because you have said it, you have received it, you have believed it. And until it manifests in the natural realm out of the spiritual or the unseen realm into the natural realm, you're going to hold fast to the fact that it's yours. And you're going to hold fast more than one way. One way is through faith works, faith actions. But the other way is just through speaking the word of God. Every time doubt, uh, fear, unbelief, uh, disappointment, all of those things can show up. Sure they can. But you just stand on the word anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone say, I am the master. By the grace of God, with the word of God, of my world. Now that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Enough of this old philosophy that we're just uh, pilgrims and strangers barely getting by. The devil boxing our ears down all the time. Listen, the devil hates it when you wake up in the morning because the greater one lives in you. He, and Satan will work overtime to get you to not believe what the Bible says about you. But the day that you believe it and receive it for yourself, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. everything begins to change. Amen. Everything begins to change. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says that we believe by faith the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made from things that are seen, but from things which were not seen. Oh my goodness. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. This is a good old King James. Don't you love King James? By the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which can be seen, which do appear. That means God spoke it into existence. The worlds were framed, the Bible says. The word for worlds right there is an interesting word, and it's a world that means ages. All of the different uh, ages. But it doesn't just mean ages like past, uh, present, and future. It, it's a word there that means almost like a generational age, uh, this season or this time. And it says that by faith, men and women of God begin to understand that the era that they live in, the span of time that they live in, was shaped and framed by the words that they spoke. Oh, I'm preaching all. Uh, if this gets in your spirit. Uh, the, he wasn't just talking about uh, in, the, in that uh, way, way premillennial time and in this uh, amillennial day, so to speak, coming millennial or the postmillennial time. No, 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 no. You are not in the millennial right now. But he understand he wasn't just talking about like a, like a dispensation. Uh, that particular word there just literally means a span of time that you live in. It means like in 2019, this world today is framed by the words that you and I speak. You, you want your marriage to, to flow good? I promise you, you can have some bad time. Somebody asked me, they said, how, how many wonderful years uh, have you been married? I said, oh, we've been, uh, we've been married 43 years. Wonderful years? Probably about 40. Those first three years, we had to learn how to talk. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about now. I'll go and interview you on radio and TV somewhere and get the truth about it. No, but you learned how to speak. Yeah. 
And you learned how to prefer one another and you learned how to walk in love and, and you learned that your opinion is not the most important opinion in the house. It's not your opinion, it's y'all's opinion. Is that all right to say it like that? It's our opinion. That marriage and family is about we, not about me. And so the, as soon as you do that and you begin to speak as one unit instead of two individuals in one house, then of course your life totally changes and that era of your life begins to evolve. It begins to frame totally different. I, I remember years ago talking to my, uh, my dad. Of course, he's in heaven today. But I remember talking to my dad. I have two older brothers who are wonderful men. They love the Lord. They're good men. But they took another route to get to where they are today in Christ. Uh, and then I came along, and then my brother Larry, just younger than me, uh, he's about 16 or 17 months younger than me. We were real close. You'd have thought we were twins almost when we were just little kids. We, we run around together a lot. And then, of course, I have uh, uh, another brother and two younger sisters, and, and one of them today was her 28th year. Today was the 28th anniversary of her joining Abundant Life Christian Center. Hallelujah. I'm so excited about that. My own sister's been here 28 years. Somebody shout Hallelujah. And, uh, uh, but when I start, I, I talked to my dad one time, I said, dad, why did, why did our, my two older brothers kind of take a different route before they got really turned on to Jesus the way they are today? Well, we're, and Larry and I, uh, we, we didn't, we didn't go that same route that they went in life and, and tears just filled up in his eyes. He said, well, he said, because of where I was in Christ in those days, right after I'd first gotten saved, and I didn't understand what I understand and what I know today. Uh, they, they were in a hard, real hard type of a, a religious thing that, oh my goodness, the women couldn't wear makeup, heaven forbid. How many of you are glad that every barn can use a little paint? I thought I'd say that. And couldn't wear jewelry. Uh, they, they couldn't fix their hair up real nice. Uh, they couldn't do anything like that. Couldn't cut their hair for sure. And oh my goodness, they spent all their time on what you can't do. Trying to get inside of some kind of a, uh, a lifestyle by not doing something else. Instead of realizing the old has passed away and today I was born into the kingdom of God. It's not a matter of what I don't do, it's what I do. Yes. Hallelujah. And so I'm not even trying to not do some things today. I'm just endeavoring to do the things that the Lord said. Uh, that other, it just passes away. If you put all your focus on, on what you're not supposed to do, it's like pushing against the door. You push against any door hard enough, before long you'll fall through it. Are you listening to me? It's that same way, of course. So we are supposed to frame the time that we live in, that, that, that era that you live in. Uh, the world in 2019, you're supposed to frame that. Glory to God. You're supposed to highlight it. You're supposed to be able to identify it by the frame to a certain degree, by the words that come out of your mouth. By faith, we understand. And these were the uh, uh, men of God writing there in Hebrews chapter 11. And then they start this whole uh, dialogue about men and women of faith who changed everything by the words of their mouth in the day they lived in. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. 
Oh, glory to God. I think it's important to understand back in the 60s and the 70s, the church, the body of Christ was in a powerful place. They were in a powerful place in our nation. And then somebody decided to sue all the way to the Supreme Court to take prayer out of schools. And the body of Christ could have risen up and stopped that. But they didn't want the confrontation. They would not frame with their words. And they got afraid that if they said something publicly, oh my goodness, they'll pull our tax-exempt status if we say that publicly. And the churches shut up. And shortly after that, when prayer stopped, then all of the other sins begin to take place right to the very place of killing babies. Now that has morphed to such a degree that today in some states you can kill a baby outside of the womb after it's born. Born alive, if you go to New York, you can do that. And other places. They pass their own laws like that. And that's because the body of Christ for years had shut up. Oh, hallelujah. Our generation today that you're living in now, I don't care what your age is, you're living in this generation. We are to speak up instead of shut up because we frame our world by the words that come out of our mouth according to the word of God. Your words are powerful. Life and death are in the power, the Bible says, of your tongue and your word. Life and death are there. You either allow those things or you don't allow them. You either permit them or you reject them, one of the two, by speaking the word of God. In those days, in the 60s and 70s, it was prayer in public places. And the preachers got all, uh, whatever, most of them did because they were safe inside of their, uh, their, their walls, inside of their buildings. They didn't have any confrontation in there. They could say whatever they wanted. But look, we're not trying to just frame the church. We're trying to frame the day we're living in uh, by the words that come out of our mouth. That's why we speak truth. We try to speak truth in love. Can I have a big hallelujah right there? But the truth is God made one man and he made a woman. And that's what created a family or a marriage. It's not two men nor two women nor any other uh, a combination of humanity or bestiality or anything else. Those things are not right. They're not right out there and they're not right in here. And you have just as much right to be right as you do to be wrong. Can I get two big hallelujahs? And because the body of Christ for years shut up on homosexuality and all of those type of things, it got loose till today. It is literally written into the textbooks in the nation and all of the schools have some, public schools have curriculum in them today from the time the children are just little. We are educators and have been in education for over 40 years, so I know exactly what I'm talking about. And in public education, not just Christian education. And we are the people that must rise up and make a difference by the words that come out of our mouth. We frame our world. Oh, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Our generation did not suddenly get some huge enlightenment after time immortal that men were made for women and women were made for men. Uh, that has been that way forever. 
And anything outside of that was a rebellion toward nature, a rebellion toward God, a rebellious spirit, a defiant spirit toward not only nature and God's plan, but also toward common sense. My mama used to call it horse sense. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got to have a little horse sense, son. Some things you just have to think about it a minute. Some things don't even make sense. Oh, hallelujah. And when a generation shuts up, then hell will frame that world, that time by the words of darkness. But oh, when you and I speak light, come on, somebody shout hallelujah. When you speak love, when you speak joy, listen, all it took, all it took years ago, years ago here in our great nation, all it took years ago was people speaking up against slavery. I know slavery is all over the world. I know slavery has been all over the world. Long before the United States was here, there was slavery all over the world. Uh, some people were black and enslaved. Uh, many people were white and enslaved. Uh, the Middle East has enslaved people forever. Ooh, I'm preaching good. China, the Chinese and the Japanese enslaved people forever. Why do you think Korea and Japan have such problems still today? It's because uh, Japan, and we love Japan, uh, but how Japan had enslaved the Korean women. Uh, history is, is just filled with all of those things. In our nation right here, of course, we saw it a lot in black and white. Uh, and all it would have taken was people standing up at the right time, speaking about the love of God and the word of God, and it would have totally changed the culture and the world that was there, but people shut up instead of standing up. Right. Look at two people and say, I wonder who stirred him up. Come on. <laughs> No, no, no. Your words are empowered. What say you of yourself? Do you stick with the word? Or do you just let things take their place? Just, just kind of evolve out. I don't care what it is in life. Anything that is not mastered and managed, anything on this planet will always degenerate. Nothing regenerates by itself. You can take a, a big old strong hard piece of steel I mean, you couldn't bend it. You can't break it. You can't do anything that with it. You just lay it out there and you just let that salt air get on it. And you just come back and look at it a little bit later. How many of you know that that's going to go back to dust ultimately and it will never become an airplane or a jet? It will never evolve into a building unless somebody takes it and manages it and uses it and has the mastery of it. Are you listening to me? All of society, all of culture, all of that degenerates. Man's nature is base. His base nature is against God uh, because of that original sin and that got passed on in the nature. That's why we must be born again. But when we get born again and Jesus becomes Lord of our life, it's one thing to have Jesus as Lord. It's another thing to speak the word of God. Right. Because the word of God and the will of God are always going to run in sync. Uh, come on up here if you would, guys. Uh, get our band up here. It's very important to hear that. And so as we learn to speak the word of God in our life, think the word of God, rejoice in the word of God, begin to say what God says about you. Uh, when I think about uh, John the Baptist, and they say, who do you say you are or what sayest thou of thyself? What are you saying about yourself? 
What do you say about yourself? What do you think about yourself? I know times can be tough. I know situations because we live in a fallen realm. So there will always be challenges. The day there will not be challenges, of course, is the day you're in heaven. And when you're in heaven, then there's no element of the curse in heaven. But it is here on planet Earth. And you and I are called to have authority and dominion over those things through one Christ Jesus. The Bible says through him, through Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. In the book of Habakkuk chapter 3, uh, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1, put it up on the screen for me if you would. Habakkuk, not tobacco, Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 3. There's, a, there's an interesting passage of scripture right here. I'm assuming that they're listening to me up there. Habakkuk chapter 3. <clears throat> a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, upon Shuganoth. Oh my goodness. Oh Lord. I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In in your wrath, remember mercy. Oh, thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. And so Habakkuk says in verse 1, he says, uh, I call on the Lord in in this shiganoff, a prayer. I'm talking to God. With Shiganoth. Anybody know what Shiganoth is? It's an interesting word. Uh, you'll notice it in your footnotes if you have a reference Bible, a marginal Bible. Uh, it's a Hebrew word, Shiganoth. And the word literally means a song. It's a song and it's an interesting kind of a song. It's a song that has pain and praise both in it. It's a song of triumph and travail. It's a song of mystery and a song of victory. It's a song that's ignorant about how God did it. But but giving praise to God that something good happened. It's kind of like Psalms uh, 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. When my enemy comes against me, I'll rise up because the greater one is in me. Are you listening to me? It's that song of travail and of triumph. And Habakkuk is talking there about that. And he begins to say, uh, things don't always look good. They're not going good. And if I'm going to talk about, oh, woe is me. Oh, God, things are so bad. Oh, Jesus, uh, uh, I got laid off my job. My family's hurting and all of that. Listen, don't stop right there. Shiganoff. Shiganoff. But God, I thank you that you hear me when I cry, the Bible says, that you supply my need, that the greater one lives on the inside of me. I know, God, things can be difficult sometimes, but oh, hallelujah, joy comes in the morning, the Bible says. Weeping is for the night. Come on, Shiganoff, joy comes in the morning. It means a powerful time of praise regardless of the problem. And then you'll notice over in that same chapter, uh, Habakkuk, uh, put, put 17, 18, and 19 as he's talking about some situations. Listen to this. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17, and then we'll do verse 18 and 19. Listen to what he says. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, 
I'm telling you, this, this, this guy feels like he's going through a bad time. Neither shall uh, there be any fruit in the vines. The labor of the olives shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. I'm telling you, this is terrible, isn't it? Look at verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy, not in the situation, but the God of my salvation. I will joy in him. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hind's feet. He'll make me like a deer to, uh, to be able to, to nimbly and, and carefully get around everything that's trying to uh, attack me and to walk in areas that the enemy can't even go. And he will make me walk upon the high places to the chief singer on my string instruments. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. That word for instruments right there is a really interesting word. You guys are like this in the band. Uh, the word uh, stringed instrument is the Hebrew word neganoth. So shiganoth is a song. Neganoth is an instrument for shiganoth. It was a stringed instrument that they used. Uh, anyone I'm sure would do, but it was their praise instrument. Listen, that keyboard was not, uh, was not uh, created by God. That, that guitar was not created by God to turn people into alcoholics, divorcees, uh, nor anything else. It was there as a neganoff. It's there because we live in a tough world, but we take that instrument and we magnify the Lord even if there is no uh, herd in the, in the stalls, herds in the field, no meat in the field. There's no flocks in the, uh, in the barn. Sometimes it looks like that, but it doesn't make any difference. I'm going to joy in the God of my salvation. And if I have to, I'll take my neganoff and I'll write me a shiganoff. Come on, somebody. Help me in here for about three more minutes. And I'll magnify Magnify the Lord. You frame your world with the words of your mouth. You'll frame your world. Habakkuk said, I do it in music. You fill your mouth with the word. Stand on your feet this evening, church, if you would. You fill yourself with the word and the spirit of God. Oh, hallelujah. You say, well, preacher, I've been going through a tough time. Well, it's time to shiganoff. Come on, somebody shout shiganoff. Come on, shout it again. Uh, that's how Habakkuk called it. Like, God, I'm going through a bad time, but oh, hallelujah, you are the glory and the lifter up of my head. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider you have thrown into the sea. My enemy rose up one way, but he fled seven ways. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, men and women I found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. 
And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.